0: The reading today is taken from Acts 2. It may be found at page 115 of your church Bible in the New Testament. So I'm reading from um, verse 1 to 21, Acts 2, verse 2, chapter 2. Sorry. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. blood and fire and smoky mist. The, sh- the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
1: A very good morning to you. Thank you very much for the reading. We discussed the verses with all the names are particularly difficult. So thank you very much. Let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our lives afresh with your power and your presence, your love and your life. For Jesus' sake, amen. I wonder how often you feel like you're running on empty, like you've got nothing left to give. I wonder if you've ever had that moment in the car when suddenly the petrol is so low you don't know if you're going to make it to the next petrol station. I don't know if you've had it with your phone. This is an old one of mine. When you just get to where you need to go and the battery has died, you're running on empty and you're not quite sure how you're going to get on and carry on. And of course, this is something physically, something emotionally, something mentally, and it's something spiritually. Running on empty. And I'm sure many of us can tell tales of times when we've crashed and burned because we've been running on empty. And so today, Pentecost Sunday, is the day of filling. When God by his Spirit comes and for the first time on that first day filled the church from empty to have the life and love of the Holy Spirit. This is what Pentecost is all about. In fact, if you had taken up Mark's offer to go out with the children Rosie right now would be doing a certain science experiment. You might be wishing you were there. She will take, do you remember those old camera cases? Do you remember those? We were talking with Rosie this morning, the print camera cases. You would put your camera film in it. And Rosie will have one of those for each of the children. She will put a vitamin C inside it. She will put the top on it with a little bit of water. And then she'll close it. And she'll count with the children. And what will, what will happen? The vitamin C will spring out. The case of the top of the camera filling will go up and then it will come down. And that's Pentecost. Last week, Ascension Sunday, Christ goes up. And not just in physics, what goes up must come down. Today, Pentecost Sunday, the Spirit of God poured out on all people. Have a look back if you've got the Bible still in front of you. Page 114. We'll just sneak back to Acts chapter 1 to see what Jesus said before Ascension Sunday. Do you remember those words? Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. While staying with them, that's the disciples, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. And then chapter 1 verse 5. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then look down, chapter 1, verse 8, famous words, Jesus says, you will receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And here we are, at the ends of the earth, the outermost parts of the Roman Empire, as it was once upon a time, and God's news, and God's Son, and God's Spirit has come to us. And so the day of Pentecost arrives, chapter 2, verse 1, an ancient Jewish festival, celebrating the gathering in of the harvest, and all of them... Chapter 2, verse 1. In other words, all of the 120, the followers and friends of Jesus Christ, are there in the same moment, in one place. And then in verse 2 to 4, did you notice something they see, something they hear, and something they say? Have a listen. Verse 2. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting Divided tongues as a fire appeared upon, among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Something they heard, the rush of the violent wind. Something they see, divided tongues like fire, came upon each of them. And something they say, each of them, Filled with the Spirit, proclaiming the praises of God. This promise that Jesus had made has now happened. God has come down. It's been said that Christmas is God with us, Easter is God for us, and Pentecost is God in us. This is the promise of that day and for us today. And if we think about fire, Think about what that symbolizes across the whole of the Bible. Do you remember the burning bush and Moses in Exodus 3? God's presence with his people. Do you remember when they left Egypt and traveled along the way through the wilderness? What did they have with them? The pillar of fire. God's presence with them. Do you remember when the tabernacle was first set up at the end of Exodus? What happens? God's fire comes down. God's presence with his people. And now God's presence doesn't rest in a bush, or in a pillar of fire, or in a tabernacle, but in his people. God in us. And the tongues of fire are to set the tongues of God's people ablaze and aflame with praise for him. This is what Pentecost is all about. The power and the presence of God's Spirit filling God's people. To proclaim God's praises. The power and the presence of God himself in us. To proclaim his praises. It's been said that there are three languages that people speak. If you speak three languages, you're trilingual. If you speak two languages, you're bilingual. And if you speak one language, you're English. Now, with apologies to those not like me who got better than a C in French at GCSE. But on that day, they all spoke in different languages. Can you imagine that? French and German and Spanish and Arabic and Chinese, suddenly at your fingertips. But this wasn't just for the linguists amongst us. We've got Janet here, I'm sure for many years in Asia, faithfully learning the language of that country. But on that day, they had the language. Why? So they could proclaim the praises of God, the mighty deeds of God, it says. So that everyone there, all the Jews who'd gathered from all the parts of the world, that's why all those places were there, from north and south, from east and west, from everywhere across the known world, every Jew, faithful and able, came to Jerusalem for this great celebration of the gathering in of the harvest. And then if you know Acts 2, what happens by the end of the chapter, the great harvest has begun. 3,000 people added to the people of God that day. And so that first Pentecost, the power and the presence of God comes down so that the people of God can proclaim the praises of God so that everyone knows about what God has done in Jesus Christ. And of course, and Helen picked up on it, even in the way she said it, people there think they're drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. And Peter in his speech says, these people are not drunk. They're not filled with wine. They're filled with God's Spirit. And of course Peter himself, do you remember 50 days before? Even before a fire and a servant girl, unable to speak of Jesus, ashamed and disowning his Saviour. Now in the very city, in the very place where Jesus has been crucified, he is now filled with power and the presence of God. To proclaim the praises of God. Have you ever thought how the first Christians were so transformed? How the early church grew from that timid, terrified group in the upper room to set the world ablaze with Jesus Christ? Well, the answer is two things. One is Easter Sunday. And the other is today. Pentecost Sunday. And so Simon Peter... Quotes from the ancient prophet Joel. When he's trying to explain what's happening, they're not drunk, not filled with wine, but filled with the Spirit. Did you see what he says? Verse 17. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves." both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. We sang of that spirit, the same spirit who hovered over the waters of creation. The same spirit that rested upon Christ as he came down as a dove at the beginning of Christ's mission and ministry. Now rests upon all the people of God. I will pour out my spirit on who? On all flesh, all people. Because what's gone up must come down. If you just turn over the page and look to where Simon Peter's speech goes on, verse 33, he sort of finally gets to the answer of what what is it that everyone's seeing and hearing? Verse 33, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he, that is Jesus, has poured out what you now see and hear. And so he goes on to say, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. The promise of Pentecost is the power and the presence of God filling us, his people, so that we can proclaim the praises of God. Now I'm sure as many of us hear this, we know this already. We've been to Pentecost Sunday many times. And yet we still feel the need to be filled with the Spirit. We still feel the inability to do the things we'd like to do. And I think that's the point. If you ever watch tennis, I know Serena Williams has retired now. But if you've ever watched Serena Williams play tennis, you think, I could never play like that. But imagine if Serena Williams came and lived inside you. It's a bit of a strange thought, but go with it. And then imagine you trying to play tennis then with Serena Williams inside you. What was impossible is now possible. Well, think about Shakespeare. We could never write like Shakespeare, could we? Never repeat it. But what if Shakespeare came and made his home in you? And his brilliance, his gifts, his power, his presence rested upon you. We might get a second Macbeth. Another Romeo and Juliet, an encore for Hamlet. Do you get the point? We cannot live the Christian life on our own and God never expected us to. The Apostle Paul summarizes it in Galatians 2.20 and says, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The promise of Pentecost is nothing less than the power and the presence of God filling us, filling the Peters of this world, the timid and the terrified with his power and his presence so that we can proclaim the praises of Jesus Christ, the one who's brought us out of darkness and into light. Mark said, if you were here at APCM on Wednesday evening, that it's fitting that we have Pentecost following an annual church meeting. We desperately need God's power and presence within us, amongst us as his people. If we are going to be all that God wants us to be in this place and beyond. God himself coming to live within us by his spirit. Does any of you watch the interior design programs, the grand designs, the sort out your life type programs? You know what it's like. People are slightly nervous about what will happen. And bit by bit the house is transformed. Only in good ways. I think sometimes we can be scared of God's work in our life. If we give more of our lives to God, will it, will it be okay? Will it be for our good? Well, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is the one who produces those fruit in our lives. Do you remember the fruit of the Spirit? Love and joy and peace. And patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self control. Don't you want more of that in your life? Don't we need more of that in our life? This is what the Holy Spirit gives us the very presence, the very power of God. And in the Old Testament, the people of God knew heaven and the highest heavens couldn't contain God. Even when he was in a box, God couldn't be contained there. So today, God cannot be contained. The incontainable, the incomprehensible. How do you put the oceans of the world in a bucket? It can't be done. But imagine with me, dream with me. If we as the people of God in this place were filled, filled with the fullness of God, filled with the presence and the power of God. Can you imagine how our lives would be? Can you imagine what our homes and our workplaces, our neighborhoods, this community would be like? We have God here by his spirit. We know his spirit within us. And yet for the people of God there is always more. More of God and more of his spirit. And so this morning let me ask us. Where do we need God's power and God's presence in our lives today? In light of the APCM. Where do we need the fire and the wind of God to blow and to rest in power upon us? Where do you need the fruit of the Spirit to grow and blossom in your life? Where do you need the Spirit's courage and help to share Jesus with your husband, your wife? Your children, your parents, your grandparents, your neighbors, your friends, your colleagues. And perhaps for some of us we feel empty, drained, drained of life, drained of love, drained of power. Come to God today. And in a moment I'm going to invite us to pray an ancient prayer of the church. Come come Holy Spirit to ask God to fill us again with his power and his presence to do what would be impossible for us but possible for God for some of us this may be the first time that we say yes to God and yes to his spirit for many of us we know God his spirit lives in us And yet the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 tells Christians, Christians who know God, Christians who have the Spirit, do not be filled with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Literally in the Greek, be being filled. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we always need more. And there is always more that God, our Heavenly Father, longs to give us. And so, a moment of quiet for our own prayers. And then I will invite you, if you would like, to pray with another, to come to the front. And those in wholeness and healing will be there to pray with you. Some others as well will be there to pray. If you would like to pray with someone else. For God to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. And while we pray, we will sing. And so a moment of quiet for our own prayers. And then for those who would like to pray with another, do come to the front. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. And fill our lives with the power and presence of God. We may want to open our hands as a sign of longing to receive more of God. If we want to pray with others, we can make our way to the front as Indra and Roland lead us.